Praise the Lord, everyone. You may be seated. Well, I guess it's good to be remembered about something. Uh, the church in Conway, South Carolina, they remember me for spilling the water. I spilled the water every time I got to the pulpit, so I was Brother Spillwater. But uh, so good to be here tonight. Thank you, Brother Arthur, for your hospitality for lunch today and the fellowship. Brother Arthur Sr., thank you. It's good to be with you. I like this guy. He ain't scared of nothing. Uh, I, there, there's a couple, couple guys I know, Brother Arthur and Brother Robert McFarland. I think they would walk right up to the devil, spit in his eye, and say, How you like that, Bubba? And uh, I like that boldness. I wish I had some of it. But uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be home. This is home. I love this church. I love this church. I was thinking while we were singing the song about uh, holy is thy name. I got to thinking about that phrase. Holy is thy name in, in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, hallowed be thy name. Holy. A holy name. That means that that name is reserved for sacred uses. You can't use it for just anything. You can't just, just throw that name around. But when you use it, when you use it, all of heaven comes to attention. And all the power in heaven comes to the, to, at, at the beckoning of that name. And I'm so glad that I have it written on my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me tonight to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Right away you know what that's about. But I feel like I'd, I, I've, I've felt after the Lord most of the day today trying to find his mind for this service, and most of the preachers here understand what I'm talking about. Things go through your mind. This whole book is full of messages, and sometimes you go from table of contents, clear back through the maps, and you, you don't find something that really rings the bell. And uh, I don't know, I've been preaching over 45 years, I think, and I still get nervous. I, sti I still get nervous. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be that way, but I really feel like the Lord would have us look at this subject tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. There went out a champion of the, Phil of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gat, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was... 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. One bearing a shield went before him and stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array. Am I not a Philistine and you and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you. And let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then ye shall be our servants and serve us. The Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Jesus, I need you today. Lord, you know I can't do this without you. I've got to have you for everything that I do here tonight. Lord, I, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the help of the Holy Ghost right now, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Señor, ayúdame esta noche. Padre, no puedo hacer nada sin la ayuda del Espíritu Santo. Pido la unción, toca mi boca, mis labios ayúdame a formar palabras Señor en el nombre de Jesús Amén, Amén You may be seated It just seemed a little more natural in Spanish 
I wasn't trying to speak in tongues. I don't want you to think that. The challenge. The challenge. That's what I want to preach tonight. The challenge. I feel urged in the Holy Ghost. I'm not the pastor of this church. Uh, your pastor is just kind enough to let me come and, and be here. But I want to challenge this church. This is, if I understand it right, the last service of this year. Enter in a new year. And it's, it's, this is time. This is time for us to evaluate the year, uh, el año pasado, the, the past year. Uh, and look forward to the year that's coming. Look, we need to look at our actions, our contributions. I don't mean monetary contributions necessarily, but, but <clears throat> our contributions to the kingdom, what we have done, what we have done to contribute to this battle, the, the, the past year and the year that's coming. And I don't know about you, but I want to do better in the year that's coming. You see, last year's gone. I can't do anything about it. If it was a good year, great. If it wasn't a good year, I can't fix it. It's gone. It's over. But this new one coming up is a new one. And I want to challenge this church. I want to challenge not just this church, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to look at your life. I want to challenge you to look at what you're doing in the kingdom of God. And to do better this next year. I don't mean that you didn't do well last year. That's not what I'm trying to say. Last year's gone. It, it's over. It's in the books. And there's nothing we can do to make it better or worse. It's there. But this year that's coming, it's a brand new one. And I can do something about this year. If I did good last year, I can do better this year. If I did bad last year, I can do better this year. I want to give Jesus everything I've got. When I lay down. For the last time, and they roll that box up here wherever they have my funeral. I don't know. I don't care. I ain't going to be there. <laughs> but I don't want anything undone. I don't want to leave behind something that didn't get finished. I want it all done. Amen. Hallelujah. The challenge. The challenge. The task. Ahead of you is never greater than the power behind you. If the task ahead of you is not bigger than you are, you need to find another task. If you don't feel like you can handle the task that's ahead of you, it's too small. You need to find something different. How do I do that, Brother Dan? You, you, you get on your face before God. You spend time in his presence. And you say, Jesus, I wasn't put here just to buy groceries. I wasn't put here just to work a job. I was put here for divine purpose. And Jesus, I want you to give me that challenge. I want you to give me that task. Talk to me. It may not be tonight. You may not hear it tonight. You may not hear it next week. But I challenge each and every one of you to find a place in secret somewhere before Almighty God and say, God, what is my challenge this year? Yes. Amen. It's quiet, and it's supposed to be quiet. I didn't come here tonight to play games. I came here tonight to challenge all of us. There was, a, there was war in the land of Israel. It wasn't a time of football. It wasn't a time, and I guess there, I don't know, there's some kind of playoffs going on or something. I don't know. I don't, any, don't know anything about it. Don't care much about it. Excuse me, but I don't. Uh, I know in some circles that's kind of sacrilegious, but sorry. Uh, but I guess there's some kind of fancy thing going on. I don't know what it is. You, got, you sports guys know about it. I ain't preaching against you. Don't, don't get mad. It's okay. I just don't care anything about it. But, but we're, when, when we talk about the church, that's not what it's about. We're in a war in our world today. In case you haven't noticed, there are two opposing forces in the United States. 
in Chile, in all of the world. What we see between the two political extremes, it's not a political battle. President Trump isn't going to be able to fix it. Nobody else is going to be able to fix it. Why? Because it's not a political problem. And the, 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 the problem is that we have been trying to fix it with political thinking. And it's not going to fix with political thinking because it's not a political problem. It's a spiritual problem. We're not in a political war. We're in a spiritual war. We are in the place, as, as Paul said, where two seas met. We're in a place where good and evil are coming together. We are there tonight. We're not just here to play games. We're in a war. We're in a war today. There are two sides. There's the good forces as well as the evil forces. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, the, and against the the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not just, it's not just in the street. It's not, just, it's not just in the bars downtown. But it's in the Supreme Court. It's in the White House. I'm not talking about your political party. doesn't matter, snap. But, but we're in a spiritual war. And we're warring against those spiritual Forces that are in high places. It's in the Congress. It's in the Senate. It's in the, the, the Congress and the Senate of Chile. It's in Europe. It's everywhere. Why? Because you and I have arrived at the place where two seas have met. Two, two spiritual forces and we are in the middle of that clash. There's a challenge going out today. There is a spiritual challenge going out from Almighty God today. And it's arriving at your doorstep. Hallelujah. We have to give everything to this struggle. We can't play games. It's not a time to play games. We can't play games because we're soldiers. I don't know, we, you know, I've traveled quite a bit this uh, last couple weeks. And I was traveling, uh, I left Chile on December 20th. And in every U.S. airport I was in, there were military everywhere. They were everywhere. And I, they, they were just traveling, I understand. They were going home for Christmas or, or maybe going back to their, their duty station for Christmas. After, after a holiday, I, I don't know. But they're everywhere. Why? Because our country is at war today. And those, those young men and young women now, they, they, there was a business-like atmosphere about them because they're not just draftees. They join. And they know that, that their next set of orders that are cut could be sending them to some, some dangerous place for our country. It's not a game to them. You and I are soldiers. We need to comport, comport. Uh, we need to behave ourselves like soldiers. Amen. We need to walk about with purpose. All of us. All of us. You guys here. Amen. I know you're young men. I know that. There isn't anything any better than being your age and being in the church. Nothing. Nothing. You know you guys can do something for God? You don't have to wait till you get 30. You can do something for God right now. I want, I want a whole family of my friends to God when I was your age. They're in the church today. What happened? I just, there, there was, there's a purpose. There's a purpose to all of this. And I don't want to preach too long tonight. I know we got other things to do. But I want us to go away from here feeling the weight of this challenge, this crashing of forces 
in our world today. We're soldiers. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him that has called him to be a soldier. I never served in the military. Many times I feel bad for that, but I didn't. But I understand a little bit about it because I'm a preacher. This is not a game for me. It's not a game. But when, when that drill sergeant or drill instructor, whichever branch of the service they're in, comes into that barracks 6 o'clock in the morning or 05.30 in the morning, whatever time it is. Huh? 4.30. Hallelujah. I didn't know they still had 4.30 on the clock. But they got to roll out of that rack. Whether they feel like it or don't feel like it, roll out of that rack, get your stuff ready. We got inspection in at 0530 or 0500 or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you military guys know I bought it too cheap, I think. Why? Soldiers. They say that George Patton, uh, when he first became, uh, I believe, took, first took command of whatever unit it was that went to North Africa. Huh? No, that wasn't the 3rd Army, not in, not in North Africa. 7th Army, I think, or 7th or 8th Army. But anyway, he took command of that army. And those young men were not yet soldiers. And he took the platform to speak to them. And he walked up and he stood erect because he was a soldier. They weren't soldiers yet. But he said, soldiers. 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 And one by one, those young men began to straighten their back. Straighten their collar because they understood I'm not a civilian anymore. I'm a soldier in the U.S. Army. Amen. There's a challenge in the land today. Now, in this case, there was a giant on the field. His name was Goliath. We all know this story. We hear it from the time we're just little kids in Sunday school. But Goliath marched out onto the field and he issued his challenge. He said, what are you guys doing out here? Why have you put your army in array? You're afraid to fight. You're just afraid and I'm just one man. Send me somebody that can fight against me. And every day for 40 days, he made his boast and his brag. And he defied, literally said, I defy the armies of Israel. What an insult. What an insult to the armies of Israel. There was a giant on the field. And almost everybody was too afraid to do anything. But thank God, a soldier showed up on the field. He showed up with just a few cheeses and some bread and some gifts for the captain of his brother. And he looked out into the valley and he saw this uncircumcised Philistine stomping back and forth. And he said, who in the world is this Philistine that dares to defy the armies of the living God? David squared up his shoulders and said, we can't allow this. You know the story. That's not where I'm going tonight. To almost everybody else, he looked too big to defeat. To David, he looked too big to miss. How do you see your problem? Oh, Jesus. How do you see your giant? Do you see your giant as too big to defeat? Come on now. Come on now. Don't look at it through your own eyes. Don't look at it through your own eyes because when you do, he'll grow. But if you look at that giant through the army, 
Who do you think you are to defy the armies of the living God? You defy them. I defy you. Don't you ever get tired of being pushed around? Guess not. He looked too big to defeat. When we don't know what God can do, it makes the giant look bigger. And they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Do you know why we don't know God? Oh, Lord, help me. I'm getting ready to get down in metal now. We know more about the Super Bowl. I ain't talking about your sports. You can have your sports. There's nothing wrong with that. We know more about the trajectory of a, of a, a, a three, uh, um, 30-06 rifle or an AR-15 or a 44 Magnum or Martha Stewart's cookbook. I'm covering all the bases tonight than we do about what God can do. Why? Because we've spent more time doing that than we have studying Him. I'm preaching to all of us tonight, Barclay included. Oh, Jesus, help me to spend time on the backside of the desert singing psalms to you. Swinging stones. Practicing. Que vas mi pastor. Nada me faltará. It just sounds better in Spanish. Sorry. The Lord is my shepherd. I sh that just doesn't get it. But que vas mi pastor. Nada me faltará. Wow, that just sounds poetic. Anyway. Help me, Jesus. Time's running away. There are many giants in the field today. They're everywhere. And they're shouting their challenges to us every day. In California, they're letting, letting children decide whether they're boys or girls. Crazy. They're letting people decide whether their, their pronoun is he or she or I suppose it. I don't know. Amen. Brother Barkley, you better be careful what you say. I, I think it's time we quit trying to be careful and time we stood up. Well, that offends me. I'm sorry, but it offends me that this offends you. Amen. Where are the Davids? Where are the people that will stand up and say, who do you think you are to defy the armies of the living God? Here a few years ago, they put a, oh, I'm getting all over things. Help me, Jesus. They put a, uh, the liberals put up a big, a big sign or, or lights, neon lights or something on one of the buildings on Times Square about there isn't a God or God's dead or something or other. I don't know what it was. And all the Christians were just, we were, they were just thinking, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible, that's terrible. Why don't we put our money together and put up a bigger sign across the street? Don't curse the darkness, light a candle. Pero estamos chupando el dedo. I'm sorry, but we're just sucking our thumb, feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, they're beating us. Oh, come on. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, Goliath.
2019, the devil starts trembling in his boot. Some of the giants today are communities and cities that don't have a church. You know, there are, there are cities right here in Indiana that don't have a church. Why not? Why not? Because somebody hadn't said, I hear that challenge. There are homes in Richmond, Indiana. Let, let's forget about way out yonder. Let's come right here in our little 45,000 or so community of Richmond. There are, there are homes right here in Richmond that are coming apart. They just need somebody to go in there with a Bible study chart every week and lovingly teach them the Word of God. You say, I can't do it. You're absolutely right. You're finally learning. You can't do it. But that word can. <laughs> you know, Brother Arthur, I, I finally learned that I don't have to have the ability. I don't need it. Jesus has got it. I don't have it. If it coming for me, hey, we're in big, big trouble. Because Barclay can't do it. And you all know that. You've know, been knowing me, most of you, for a long time. She says she's my friend. Con amigos así, ¿quién necesitan enemigos? With friends like that, who needs enemies? Oh, Jesus. The challenge. Give me man. Give me man. The challenge today is the same as it was in David's day. Verse 10 says, And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man. Give me a man. Brother Robert Clark, years and years and years ago, back before the merger, uh, seemed like, he, he was an evangelist and he had a theme song. Give me men to match my mountain. Give me men to heed the call. Give me men with the will to face each hill, and we will conquer all. Men. And I don't mean just men. Women. You understand. Jesus never prayed for money. He never told us to pray for money. The only prayer request Jesus ever had was, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth dollars into the field. No. That he send forth sheets for Christ vehicles into the field. I thank God for my sheet for Christ vehicle. No. That he send forth labors, not stars, Not hero, laborers. What's a labor? There you go. That's right. The laborer is the guy on the job. How many of you, how many of you folks out there have worked construction? Raise your hand. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. The laborer is the guy you say, hey, go, go fetch me four two-befores. He's the gopher, exactly. Go for this, go for that. Hey, go, go, to the, go to the gang, park, gang box and fetch me a, a hacksaw. Labor. He's the least paid. The least respected, but a hard worker. He's not the tradesman. He's not the plumber. He's not the electrician. He's not the, the millwright. He's the guy that goes and fetches. 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he sent forth laborers. Oh, well. Just be glad you don't have to listen to me all the time. The giants of yesterday and those today are huge as well. The giants are big. I'm not trying to belittle the giant. I'm not trying to belittle the task, make it, make it smaller than it is. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. But the power behind me is not greater than the task ahead of me. Anybody that feels like they can handle it, you need another task. Your giant isn't big enough. Oh, Jesus. Your giant is not my giant. My giant is not your giant. You have a whole set of challenges to face that I don't have. But there's a giant in the field. There's a giant in the field. And the only way to handle this giant is to kill him. You can't negotiate with him. You can't say, well, Goliath, let's sit down here and talk. You know, I know you've got your issues, and, and I would like to explain to you, if I could, our side of this issue. Uh, you know, it's like this, Goliath. This is our land, and... No, 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 no. David ran out there and said, buddy, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds today. Whack. And then when he got him down, he didn't just say, wow, look at that. Would you look at that? No. He ran up and grabbed a sword that was too big for him. He killed a giant that was too big for him, and he grabbed a sword that was too big for him, and he got... You make sure that dude ain't getting up again. You can't patty cake with the enemy. You got to kill him. You got to put him down and keep him down. Oh, there's that the whole other message. You got to kill your giant or he'll kill you. You know, you know the reason there was a giant in the first place? Because Joshua didn't kill them all. You read your history. He was told to go in there and kill all of the, of the Philistine, and he didn't do it. He was told to kill all the Anakims, and he didn't do it. You know who Goliath was? He was an Anakim. Joshua didn't do his job. Do your job. Well, that went over like a ham sandwich at a bar mitzvah, but... The challenge always cries for someone with the courage to answer the call. Just plain old, excuse me, I'm at home. I'm going to preach like I'm at home. Just plain old guts. Just somebody, well, why don't they kill you? Well, I guess I'll be dead. But we ain't going to let this go on. Somebody that'll just say, I'll do it. Isaiah 6, 8. And I heard, also heard, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? We got this task. I wish I had time. I don't have time. But I wish I had time to read that, the whole chapter preceding that. Isaiah found out he was in a wicked group of people, kind of like us today. And, and he found out that not only were the people around him wicked, he was wicked. And God sure enough took that excuse away. Went, the angel went and got coals off the altar and touched his lips and said, okay, now what's your excuse? Your lips are clean. 
the challenge then was awesome. Today, it's awesome. But here is this man with burnt lips. Think about it. Think about it. The angel took a glowing coal off the altar with tongs and touched Isaiah's lips. That didn't come without pain. It hurts to answer the call. It costs you something. But this man that, that just a few moments ago said, I can't go because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. God said, okay, here, your lips are clean. This man that felt nothing but inadequacies just a few minutes before, when he hears the challenge, he says, here am I. Send me. And I just imagine there was something inside the heart of God that stood up. Wow. I finally found a man. Okay. You're it. And Isaiah went. Brother Dan, we're in the midst of an unclean people. You better believe it. And it's getting uncleaner and uncleaner every day. But it's not bigger than God. It's not bigger than this message. It is God is bigger than Goliath. Amen. So, who will answer the challenge today? I've been preaching about these guys back there, and oh, wow, we can shout about them. Like I said, everybody wants the fire, nobody wants to be the firewood. You know, when you have a fire, something gets burnt up. Something gets used up because there ain't no free lunch. David forgot his youth. His brothers were making fun of him. I know why you're here. You're here. I know the naughtiness of your heart. You came down here just to see the battle. You just came down here to observe, and David said, what did I do? I just brought you some cheese, buddy. What you getting on me for? Why don't you go down there and kill that guy? He forgot his youth. He forgot his inabilities. You know, David was not a warrior. He was a shepherd. He didn't know how to use Saul's sword. And it wasn't as big as Goliath's sword. Saul tried to put him on. He said, I can't go in this. I don't know how to use this stuff. I don't know what's, what's this. I, I don't know how to use this. But this thing here, I got this down. I know how to do this. Let's go this way. He forgot who he was. He forgot where he was. He forgot how young he was. He forgot about what everybody was going to think of him. You know what our problem is a lot of times? We're so concerned about what people are going to think about us. We're so concerned about us. Do you know what real humility is? Real humility is not thinking that you're nothing. Real humility is just not thinking about yourself, period. The guy in the foxhole that throws his, his body on a hand grenade, he's not thinking, you know, this is really going to hurt. I don't know if I want to do this or not. He just, I got to save my buddies. He's thinking about his buddies. And he puts himself over that grenade and gets blown apart. He forgot about himself. I wonder what would happen at Oak Park Church 
if we would forget about ourselves. I see it so much. Oh, I see it so much. People that are, that are interested in their own agenda. People that are interested in how they're going to come out of this thing. You know, we ain't getting out of this thing alive. You know that? Have you stopped to think about it? We ain't getting out of here alive. Give it up. It's like this guy was walking across a graveyard at night and fell into an open grave. And what he didn't know was somebody else had fallen into that grave, and he didn't know. He fell in there, and, and he was wondering, how am I going to get out of here? And he heard a voice say, you can't get out. He did. <laughs> we need to be sold out. It's not just for missionaries. Missionaries ain't no different than you. I am one, I know. I ain't no different than you are. You got to say, I'm sold out. Just like a soldier. When they say, Corporal, take that hill. Yes, sir. He picks up his weapons. He starts off for the hill. Bullets flying. Shells bursting all around. But he goes and does what he's ordered. If he dies in the effort, he was following orders. But he forgot about himself. First Samuel 17, 32, And David said unto Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of, of him. I, thy servant, will go and fight with this Philistine. I'll go. But David, you're just a kid. I know. But you see, I got a hold of something. I got a, hold, I got a secret weapon here. And we're going to read about it in just a few seconds. I'm hurrying. Isaiah answered the call in his day. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Send me. Eme aquí. Envíame a mí. Hallelujah. David won. David won. By the power of the name, David won. David overcame the challenge that was much greater than he was. Verse 46, this day will the Lord deliver thee, talking to Goliath, this day, Goliath, you old windbag, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give thee, and I will give thee, the carcasses, I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the field of the earth and that, that all the earth may know that David is a great warrior. No. That all may know that there is a God in Israel. And you have dared defy his army. This is your last day on earth. You say, Brother Dan, this is, this is a kind of a, a militant message you're, you're catching on. Time for us to be militant. Now, I don't mean mean with people. You understand, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But those spirits that are flying around everywhere, it's time to get mean with them. It's time to... It's time to put them back where they belong. And that's in chains. You know we have the power to do that. You know, I, in, in, in different meetings, I've dealt with, with people that are possessed by evil spirits. And, you know, you don't have to wrestle with those people. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. 
And you know what? That thing has to, ooh. Not because of me, because I ain't nothing. But that name is everything. We can bind those spirits. But we walk around and let them kick us around. We let them intimidate us. The challenge. The challenge. Help me, Jesus. And, this is, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David won. Who's going to answer the challenge today? When David won, everybody won. He didn't walk back up to the camp of the Philistines and say, well, guys, you know, like a guy makes a goal in soccer. We see a lot of soccer in in South America. You know, he runs around the field going like this and pulls his shirt off. No, no, no. David didn't do that kind of stuff just kind of irks me a little bit, you know. Ain't you ever done that before, buddy? You know? You just made a goal. It's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> David looked up and said, come on, come on, let's get him. We got him now. And everybody that was hiding, hunkering down in their foxhole said, would you look at that? God just wrought a great victory. Let's go get him. And encouraged everybody. Uh, Would you all stand? There's a challenge. Who's going to be man enough, woman enough to say... You can count on me. Not Brother Barkley, you can count on me. Not even Brother Arthur, you can count on me, although that's important. But Jesus, you can count on me. The next time Goliath takes the field, I'm going to take his head off. I've had it. I've had it with Goliath. Joshua might not have done his job and left me Goliath to take care of, but Jesus, between me and you, We'll handle him and Goliath's five brothers. That's another story. Is there anybody here got backbone enough to do that? Come on up here. Amen. If you don't have backbone enough, that's okay. You stay there. Brother Dan, what happened to you? I got tired of Goliath pushing us around. I'm ready to go kick him back where he came from. Amen. Come right on up. I feel a boldness right now. Oh, God. I really do. You know, for the past several years, I've dealt with sickness. And it's, it's no fun. Just say, leave it like that. But, Brother Arthur, the Lord has taught me something. The Lord doesn't need me to be strong physically. In fact, He needs my weakness. Paul said, His strength is perfected in my weakness. And when I recognize, Brother Rodney, that I'm not up to the task myself, and I completely throw myself into the hands of Jesus, there is nothing impossible. Nothing. Do you know Jesus will support you? I've had him do that for me. In difficult situations, Brother Arthur, both Brother Arthur's, you've 
had the same thing these other ministers had had it happen in, in your ministries too, I'm sure, where people just don't understand and they, they, well, they just don't understand. And somehow, God takes these imperfect vessels and works awesome things through imperfect vessels. I don't know how he does it. But that's you. And so, today, as I get ready to turn this service back to Brother, Brother Arthur, I want you to look at your life. And I want you to tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm here. I'm here. I'm available. I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever hill you order me to take, I will take it or die in the effort. And he will be with you every step of the way. You see, we cannot lose. We cannot lose. It's impossible. We are on the winning team. It's already decided. It's already been decided. We win. And so, let's act like it. Let's go grab the enemy by the nose. Amen. And take what belongs to Jesus back. In Jesus' name.